0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas.
1: I was like, piss off, mate. You're trying to kill me.
0: This is M. Salation.
1: So they all buy a boat together and they pick up hot pirates. This thing ruts itself. A lot of
0: reality <laughs> shows about vulvas. And you know what? I'm enjoying them. That
1: stuff can get really ratty. And you can look like you got a dead spider on your eyelid. Okay?
0: I just go into the salt chumpy You of it. You're in M. Salation. Mate, you didn't have the mask on your vagina. I
1: don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> Hello, welcome to this very special edition of Emsolation to celebrate 50 episodes. Our 51st episode is a compilation of the top 10 moments as deemed by you, the Emsolator and Emsa lovers And look, my goodness, when you look through the list, what a journey we've been on since lockdown commenced. Our first episode was on April the 6th, entitled A Warm Hug. And since then, Michael and I have consistently bought you inconsistency. <laughs> but I know that we, uh, we've helped a lot of you along the way and um, I'm glad for that. I really am. It's also helped me immensely to have this kind of bookmark, to have this date to set each week, um, which has been great. But let's get into it because it is a friggin' long podcast So coming in at number 10 uh, was a show that captured mine and Michael's imagination. It was a delicious new reality TV experiment where some horny singles were sent to an island and told not to touch each other. I want to get straight to my current obsession. Um, It's a show that has consumed me. It's on Netflix and it's called Too Hot to Handle. And basically, to all the insulation listeners, if you haven't heard of it, it's 14 horny commitment-phobe singles, one island, a no-sex rule, and a creepy air diffuser called Lana monitoring their every move.
0: Important to say they don't know that it's a no-sex rule until they get there. In fact, they think quite the opposite. They think it's basically the orgy show.
1: They arrive, all of them, thinking... I'm just going to be here and just sex it up every day of summer until I leave with every STI on the book. Um, but it turns out they only have 12 hours of romping and then no no sexual touching, no heavy petting, no sexing, no kissing. They have to learn how to connect on a deep level, guys. This is real, alright. And if they
0: break the rules, they lose prize money three thousand dollars a pash and yeah. more for you know other indiscretions.
1: Twenty grand for bonking. Uh, Thirteen grand for HJs, like I, the, the it really got quite interesting. What people were getting fined, and the prize money just kept
0: getting less and less. Um, so <laughs> easily, <not> to- <laughs> the trashiest thing M has ever, and this is really saying something. I Hang wish I could minute. make you feel the full waste. No, what, what say? What, I won't what's have trashier? This?
1: It starts as trash, but then by the second last episode, which we'll get to, I actually felt like I made my daughters watch the second last episode, and this. is <laughs> – Okay. But stay with me, right? So first of all, I want to talk about some of my faves, and my very favourite person ended up. with She was the first person to arrive. Her name's Chloe, and she's an a sex party girl. Hi, I'm Chloe. I'm 20 years old. I'm quite ditzy as well, so you've just got to be really patient with me because <laughs> I'm not the brightest spark um, in the book.
0: Absolutely gold. <laughs> Also, she, I think quite genius. If I'm honest, correct. I really do.
1: Correct, and I think she's underselling herself. I think she's quite a bright spark, and um, she had. I had a real journey with Chloe, but we'll get to that. Now, the next person who appears, Michael, was also someone that I enjoyed watching. His name is Sharon.
0: What I'm most proud of is my penis. I have this picture, and mm. it's measured next to an air freshener can. <gasps> I love that he went for air freshener. So many items could have been used, but no, air freshener.
1: He had to walk around his house and he had to stage the photo and God knows he had to set a self-timer. That is you know how hard it is to take a cock shot on your own? Jesus.
0: I once knew someone who was given a cock shot and it was measured next to a pack of Panadol. I mean, that is really saying something. Also not as impressive. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Yes. Oh my god! And uh, f- and look, the the villain of this show, the girl who literally, she actually said these words. I don't care about anyone on the show. I hate everyone, and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect, and I kind of respected her. Was Haley the sorority girl? I do mostly like go for guys, but if a girl looks just like me. I'm so into that blonde hair, big boobs, skinny, like all that. Like I love that in a girl. If a girl looks like me, I'll go for her. I mean, come on. You've got to respect that. <laughs> now, Michael, the thing that got me in really early was, you know, when I watch, say, all of Twilight in one day, I just, I'm just, i just waiting for Bella and Edward to get together to break up, to get back together, to break up together because I just live for the, you know, the romantic tension and then
0: the release of them finally hooking up. <laughs> you've been in so, a relationship for coming on 20 years, so you, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You turn to some strange (laughs) sources, if not the Wiggles, if not Twilight, too hot to handle. But the thing
1: is, like you you know you can see they all want each other so it's kind of a genius concept this tension it's like the nanny and mr sheffield you know that was like 27 seasons of waiting for them to get together and yeah. what was and what was grandma yetta wearing basically was the two highlights for me from the nanny so you're like oh my god so you just watch cuz you're just gagging for them to finally be out of touch and kiss and i really got invested but i want to talk about and you haven't seen this episode the episode that turned this show and turned Chloe into a feminist icon. The whole <laughs> this is true. This is true. Okay, they have a female bonding session. Michael, did you
0: happen to catch that? I them did well? no idea. This is the this is the last second last act.
1: Yeah, so I went
0: straight to it on your very you. sage advice.
1: Well, feel free to describe what you've. Oh no no no!
0: Come on, you go.
1: Well, look, it, it was a female bonding session. Yes. Yeah. And the girls arrived, and yeah. um they were greeted to, by a lovely woman um, who does these incredible workshops to help women get in touch with their femininity. And the session was called Yoni Puja. And that is <laughs> <laughs> and it is a sacred tantric ritual that has, is thought to have originated in India. And Yoni is the Sanskrit word for volva and puja means to worship. So it means vashin Worship. So It's been away. a
0: vulva-heavy year in our entertainment. She first put me onto the Goop series. That's another conversation. <laughs> and now there's a lot of reality shows about vulvas. And you know what? I'm enjoying them. Anyway, well, go. Well,
1: I already knew the word Yoni because of the goop egg. Remember when mm. it's speaking off? Remember mm. the Yoni egg? <laughs> Because when I first heard Yoni, I was thinking runny egg, you know, like when you have googie eggs. And I'm like, what? Am I putting a googie egg at my juts?
0: (laughs) 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 And if Gwenna said so, we would be doing it. I mean, not me personally, obviously. You put it in one hole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so...
1: (laughs) So I knew Yoni because of Gwyneth, threat. So anyway, the girls are told it's a Yoni bougie workshop and they have to stand inside a like little makeshift cardboard change rooms and take their G-string bikini bottoms off and they're given hand mirrors and they have to look at their visions. And all of them were like, I've never looked at my vagina this close. And you could see some of them were quite moved. Mm. One of them even said it was perfect. And I just thought that it was it was so empowering. And my, I watched my daughters watching them look at their yonis. And, like, I said to my girls, you girls should be having hand mirrors and looking. I mean, they were horrified, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: doesn't sound like the most comfortable conversation to me. But <laughs> but it was
1: just – and but then they were asked to draw pictures of their yeah. beautiful vision. <laughs> Do you remember some of the pictures?
0: Oh, I mean, if I could frame them and have them on my wall, I would. Not. Some no, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> some of them is the point. Do you remember what Chloe drew? Do you remember? No, what is- well, Chloe decided that – Chloe's is a feminist hero, my favourite one who says she's not the brightest spark in the book, but she is. She actually realised that she has been allowing – she's been treating her yoni like trash basically yeah. and she's been allowing too many people access to the yoni. So she <laughs> drew a butterfly with a condom around
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> she really went on a journey. I was moved to tears. I'm joking, but the fact is you're probably you probably were moved to tears. I was joking.
1: She she thought that she felt the way to show that she wanted to protect her Yoni was to have a stunning butterfly and around the edge a large condom as the metaphor of protection. And yeah. I wanna believe that she's been using condoms up to this point, but maybe not. I don't know. But I just I feel like I loved it because it was, it gave the girls an opportunity to kind of separate themselves from how the other people saw their vision, you know, and that's really cool. Don't you think? I mean,
0: yeah, <laughs> I'm going on a journey with it.
1: It was inspiring.
0: Yeah, look, I'm not going to go all the way to say inspiring, I'll say it's surprise me given how it began that there was a twist on expectations and they did go on a little bit more of a journey but i mean at the end of the day what uh, well i I, look i mean it was still essentially all about who's gonna bag who let's face it and i I mean you can enjoy it on that level i mean i couldn't stop thinking about can you imagine us at an equivalent age going (laughs) on to that i Universe where you could be rewarded with a hundred thousand dollars for not having sex. I would have been making.
1: Bank. Oh my god! I would have. N- I nailed that. I would. I would have been the impenetrable force. Like, we
0: I reckon it would have been good if they had someone akin to me come in as a sort of a disruptor to change up the game. If I just wander in, going, "Hello, I'm Michael. I'm from the suburbs. I can't play sport. And would anyone like to watch Aladdin on VHS?" And they'd just be like, "Whoa, we're getting, we're getting the money here."
1: But also for me, it was the way that they could just, for, as a woman watching Frolic in tiny pieces of lycra, oh. with nothing jiggling or moving, and no, all the no. light was flattering. No one popped a flap. No one had a nip slip. And even if they did, they didn't even care. They'd carry on the conversation. A nut could pop. No one batted an eyelid. Like it was just for me, it was like viewing another species on
0: another planet. It, it really was. It really was. At, there was also Australian representation. Oh, you're obsessed with Harry, uh, aren't Well, you? I'm Well, obs- I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with him because <laughs> he's this dude from Queensland, although mm. weirdly he's sort of got a bit of a British geezer accent. I don't know what his story is, yeah. but he basically mm. gets together with this, I think she's perceived to be the hottest person in the house. Like she's kind of like Kim Kardashian if Kim Kardashian had an eating disorder is how I yes, describe Francesca. it. Francesca. But it sort of feels like he just seems like your little brother's dickhead mate who pissed in the school bags and they're all falling over themselves about his accent and how hot he is. And then he gets together with this like super Insta conscious Kim Kardashian type. And I just never understood it on any level, but apparently it was true love. He kept telling her it was. Oh my God.
1: Well, they were the only couple to actually, well, I don't know. Oh, I don't want to ruin it. Okay, I'm not going to spoil it. But I just I just want to say you'll start off with this show and you'll hear about the penis air freshener, okay? And then you'll start to wonder, and what the hell are you doing? But then by episode 7 when they're uplifting and accepting vulvas, I just feel like this, and the narrator is hilarious and the creepy... narrator. Uh, yeah.
0: It's basically like they've done the snarky, hilarious recap in the show. And Agreed. what a yeah. genius stroke and also what a good career <laughs> opportunity for you in later years. I could See you, you in your retirement, basically. Mm-hmm. That's your dream job. Yep. Sit it at home really with a microphone. Jacking <laughs> <hot children>. people.
1: <laughs> Coming in at number nine, sees us go back to episode 11, entitled Queen Bobbitt, in which Michael and I became sidetracked for something new and went down a tangent that involved the infamous story of John Wayne Bobbitt. Did he have his penis cut off, John Wayne Bobbit?
0: Uh, yeah, there was a Bobbit that did I think John Wayne John Wayne Garcia or something? No, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I think Lorraine Bobbit was the penis cutter offerer.
0: God, that made an impact on it. us when that we <laughs> landed when we were like twelve or whatever it was.
1: Was that oh, I still I reckon I referred to that story once a week. I'm not even exaggerating.
0: Really looms in the imagination. Also just incredible that it was chucked out of a moving car, was found on the side of the road, they sewed it on, it worked, he became a porn star. What a triumph. I mean, he was a horrible man. You know why
1: she – okay, here it is. John Wayne Bobbitt and Lorena Bobbitt. So, yes, I was correct. He's not a serial killer. Um, He was sans penis for a time. In 1993, so we were around 13, um, after years of – I mean, he did horrible things to her. He raped her and beat her. Oh, Jesus. Lorena had enough. Cut off his penis with a knife while he was in bed. And he got acquitted, of course. But, yes, he has a porn career. Oh, my God.
0: And he does. <laughs> Imagine being the person that found it by the side of the road as well. I think good going by them to recognise what it was and to put it on ice. And,
1: but not only that. Yeah, to put it on ice. Because if I saw a, a stray penis on the side of the road... I don't know that I'd want to pick it up. No. Like, I would feel like, okay, that's been cut off for a reason. He probably doesn't need it. Let sleeping dogs lie. Let cut off penises lie.
0: <laughs> that's the kind of justice you deliver. And on your walk with your four dogs. <laughs> Three.
1: <laughs> Sorry. And And oh, to be honest, if I was on that, God, Lola, she's a Labrador. She eats everything. He's had to look like a delicious <laughs> sausage to her. Wouldn't even make it to ice. Be in her stomach. Oh, God. Would you reattach it then after it had gone through? No, you would not. <laughs> Well, hey, I hope you're enjoying the top 10 moments of the last 50 episodes of the M podcast. You should be because you picked them. And number eight sees a wonderful story from Michael Lucas as he regales you with his coming out tale. And I have to say this was requested many,
0: many times over. M was pretty much, she had a box seat <laughs> for, for this whole experience. <laughs> And we're talking mid-20s mm-hmm. and yeah, there was a bit of a two-step process. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, yes, I kind of have to start by saying, I yes, I, I didn't really, even though as you can probably tell from the content of this podcast, there were many, 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 many pointers <laughs> that I might be of the gay. Musical taste. Yeah being uh quite high on the list, i just had i managed to trundle through until my mid twenties without ever really without really becoming ever infatuated with the guy so i i kind of didn't i had girlfriends you had a long and, a
1: very long
0: term girlfriend well uh, yeah i mean it, i had it, it was it was sort of spliced around backpacking and moving around and everything like that there were only there in terms of times where we were sort of in the one city spending months together. Mm. It's not like you and Scott, put it that way. You are in a very different position yes. at the time.
1: But I just remember like kind of keeping tabs on you because we kind of did, lost contact for about 10 years after high school mm. and I would keep tabs on you through my our mums are friends. And when I heard, oh, yeah, no, Michael's girlfriend in here, I always remember thinking to myself, what? Michael's mm. girlfriend? And there was one time your mum called my mum's house and we were visiting from Adelaide and – um. I was like, "Oh hi, Joe," it seems like, "Oh hi," and I said, "Oh, how's Michael? Is he's got himself a nice boyfriend?" And your <laughs> mum was like, "What? No, Michael's got a girlfriend." And I was like, "Oh, yes, of course he does." It was so confusing to me that you were a heterosexual. It just didn't work. Know. So we were twenty-seven. I was twenty-seven. We were, I was in, in the throes of terrible postnatal depression, living in Perth and doing breakfast radio. And I got a, um, a knock on my door. And open the door up and lo and behold, one Michael Lucas was standing there, who I literally had not laid eyes on since 1995.
0: Yeah. It was like the bit in beaches when they meet in New York. <laughs> After, like they've had their little Atlantic City childhood thing and now, yeah. boom, here we are, adults. Yep. Yep. And one of us is depressed. <laughs> and what the other is- one's very confused.
1: <laughs> so we sit down and... Um, you know, we just start talking and you'd had a crash on a guy you were working with in Sydney uh, from Basmark and you were very confused about those feelings. And I remember sitting there... Um, Just thinking to myself, oh, come on, man. But I was also very conscious of how fragile you were and being in a fragile state myself, I didn't want to push you, which goes against every part of my DNA.
0: I know. In retrospect, it's really amazing. And when I tell people this story, they always imagine that effectively you were standing on a small step ladder with a megaphone screaming in my ear, (laughs) you're gay, and possibly playing Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody at Full Volume and sending off (laughs) confetti cannons. But you really weren't. You are really accepting. And it is true. I, yeah, I somehow managed to stumble my way to 26. And it was only then that, I mean, it's really, because one of the tricky things in the pre-social media era was that, when, like, you were gay, you didn't meet other gay people that much. And I managed to travel through university and everything like that. I just didn't really ever encounter gay people. And then finally I ended up in a workplace that did have a lot of gay people. And then it didn't take me long until an infatuation <laughs> began. But I didn't know. It was only one and I didn't know. I even went to see a um, counsellor oh, who said it might just, talk about the might just oh my, be for oh one God. person.
1: The counsellor was effectively trying conversion therapy on you.
0: <laughs> I think that's a little harsh. I just sort of, she was asking me, you know, she was asking me, you've had girlfriends up until now. What were those relationships like? And, uh, but in retrospect, what she was saying was quite progressive. She was saying, you know, sexuality is fluid and you could, you, you might be a straight person that has fallen in love with a man. You could be bisexual, but you could be, but, but, you know, she definitely didn't. I, I went in there hoping someone would just give me the answer and she didn't. But mind you, neither did you. So maybe she was just (laughs) treading gently. But ultimately I decided I needed to, I, I, so I decided to do a big backpacking travel overseas to just sort of see if I could, I don't know, sort myself. I don't know. Honestly, I think it was probably that I imagined, you know what, I'm going to go to Spain and I'm just going to, I'm going to walk into a gay club and it probably will happen. Like, and then of course, I mean that is not no. what happens when you travel. <laughs> I was lonely. It was torrential rain in Spain in particular. and in the end, I just missed everyone back home, including my my the girlfriend that I had had not been together with for a couple of years. and I just found myself thinking I, I miss her so much and I'm lonely and I'm not particularly craving to be with men. so why would I yeah. why? I mean, why am I questioning this? Back in this? the
1: closet, he went back in the closet. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and was accepting. You accepted yeah, it.
1: I, I did. Like, you called me. I think you were in England. Were you in the UK? And you called mm-hmm. me and you said, mm-hmm. oh, um, this person's here. And was she there? Did she come visit you?
0: No, 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 no. We'd been in you contact. You'd been in contact. That's but, right. And, you think, yeah. and I was going to, I decided to come back that's to right, Melbourne. That's so right. That and we, then, yeah,
1: and then yeah. I got the other phone call. Um. And you said, yeah, I'm, we're going to try again. i really missed her. And I was like going, yeah. And I, I remember just thinking, just go gently with him. He needs you to be gentle. Um, and so <laughs> you did. You came back and then you and her kind of rekindled. And then yeah. not long after I got another phone
0: call know, <laughs> really quickly. I came back and, and, um, and, and yes, and then was insomniac pretty much instantly. And then, and then, you know, I'm compulsively honest. So of course I would just blurted out everything that was going on in my mind. And, um, and there yes. And so right. that was, that was pretty much the end of it. So that was the out in. Out in out. No. But, yeah. Out in out, although not really out of it. It was just out to a small, my little workplace infatuation was not was not conveyed to the wider no, world. That no,
1: no, not at all. And it, and it, and you did lock down with Adrian very quickly.
0: Oh well, I know. Well, then I committed to um, you know I'm just going to put myself out there and start dating. I'm going to make a concerted effort to just date guys from now on. And then <laughs> some would say, fortunately, and I say, I mean, obviously, incredibly fortunately, but but um, but we we did meet very soon afterwards at the premiere of the movie Australia <laughs> oh, of all things, which you
1: both worked on.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but we didn't, we hadn't met each other during the making of it. We were at different ends of the process. Anyway, um, I, was, I was very, very lucky. I basically, it was about the third person that I was, was dating, was all of it. a sudden the person I ended up marrying. You've been
1: with, I know. You've been with more women than men as a gay man.
0: It's true. <laughs> it is true.
1: And number seven, look, where would an M Recap B, without some jizz talk, jizz talk, jizz talk, what you gonna do, what you gonna do when the jizz comes for you? Oh, sorry, I probably could have done better. Uh, This was a moment in time where I discovered that Gaga's song was not about a light shower falling upon my person. The song, in fact, means something uh, much more sexual. Speaking of sperm, Lady Gaga has released a new song and last episode, you guys know, we spoke about how Michael and I learned that Watermelon Sugar High from Harry Styles was in fact about pleasuring women orally uh, on their bit, on their Lady Gaga.
0: It's about sex. <laughs> I about think you've made the point, sex. Em. You've you described what the song's about. Yes, continue.
1: <laughs> mouth sex. My brain just glitched. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to say that the C word, the cunnilingus. Ew. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: It's so gross. Imagine if a guy came to the room and he said to you, cunnilingus. you like, get out. Get out right now. Go on the dadchella. <laughs> That's the only way you're going
0: to have a baby. Do you think fellatio so, sounds better? It does, doesn't it? It does sound a little bit better. But
1: it's female fellatio. I don't think it's called fellatio. No, just fellatio yeah, in general talk-
0: as a word compared to cunnilingus. Fellatio.
1: It sounds like... <laughs> It sounds like a name that you would give your daughter. This is my daughter. I'm really glad you
0: didn't, by the way.
1: Felicia, Um, Felicia. (laughs) I didn't. I really, I really thought Lady Gaga's new songs "Total Bop," "Rain on Me." Have a listen. feels like we're back to original Gaga, back to Poker Face, back to her roots. I'm loving it. I'm not so keen about the Ariana Grande inclusion. I feel like she's a great solo artist, doesn't contribute much in
0: duets. I concur. But, Em, um, yeah. when you listen to this, Bob, did it at all occur to you that there might be a bit of a double entendre no. in a song no, called the... Rain On Me?
1: I just assumed <laughs> it was rain from clouds. Okay, I just assume she wants to cleanse her soul. <laughs> What is it? You're laughing <laughs> at you me. Did you hear
0: about the filter? Did you hear about the filter that Gaga oh and Arianda, they released a rain on me filter and what it does is on your face, it puts sort of drops of water, white no. water running down no. your face. No. It, truly. Go online, check it out. And so all no. of these teenagers <laughs> have got shots of them and unfortunately it does look like <laughs> there has been some sort of, I'm just... Ejaculation on their face. That's the only way to put it. That's the only way to put it. So I'm pretty sure. No. I'm pretty sure Gaga knew what she was doing when she put out this filter, and everyone in the world could see it, but not Em Rossiano. So interesting. I cannot
1: believe she's asking for that to rain down on her. Who would want that? No one. Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, <laughs> can Friday, I just ask, safe. M, for you when Madonna gets down on her knees in like a prayer, what is she doing?
1: Praying. <laughs> Praying to-
0: Black Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> she wants Don't to she take really him like there it? in the midnight hour. No. She can feel his power. Oh. When he's... I just thought she... No! No. And you know what? I mean, obviously that's a double entendre. She wants it to be read as though it could be praying. But I actually read an interview with, with the uh, Patrick Leonard, who wrote that song with her, said that the day that she came with all of the lyrics that she'd written for it, he begged her not to be as literal as to say down on his knees because he's like, everyone's going to know that this song... Is about giving head and and uh, but no, not you, not (gasps) you.
1: In the midnight hour, I can feel your power. I just thought it was like the power of prayer, faith.
0: Oh, well, it can be, but it can also be something else. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and his moans when he's going, Oh, Madonna, it's like an angel sighing. (laughs) Anyway, listen to it again. Well. Listen to Rain On Me again and go and look at online and find all the no, people that have put on the filter.
1: <laughs> jeez on my face. The jizz on my face filter. Oh, jeez. It's time for number six. Well, there was a lot of MasterChef chat, obviously. We were both captured by the show. But Michael in particular was captured by one of the judges. I refer, of course, to Jack. More specifically to Jock's choice of outfit for the MasterChef Grand Final, this is episode 35, entitled Cod Piece, which I now know is actually aspiring. But anyway, Cod Piece. Have you seen Mm. the promo picture for tonight?
0: The photo? Yeah. I I am aware of said (laughs) promo photo. I can only assume you are talking about Jock's attire. (laughs) and uh and in fact i don't i mean for me who wins or loses at this point that's that's whatever the main bombshell of the finale has been revealed Mm -hmm. and it's that jock is wearing a kilt Mm -hmm. i one would assume in the traditional scottish way i've certainly chosen to assume that and that's certainly going to be my focus for the no doubt three hour finale we're going to watch tonight
1: Well, is Jock wearing underwear or not? Time. Will, I mean, I could ask him. I could just message him and ask him that you say you wanted to know. Hey, Jock, Michael don't Lucas.
0: Don't you what, dare.
1: I love no. the cod pouch. The cod pouch is amazing that he's wearing. What do you suppose? Do you think that's where he's got his worry in his cod pouch? Is that what they're called? Cod pouches? Is that the right term?
0: <laughs> I don't know, but you said it so confidently. I i, I'm, I feel in my bones that is perhaps not correct. Um, Wait, let me but, Google uh, cod
1: pouch. Cod Oh, I won't press images, though. God knows what will come up. Cod. I'm doing a live Google. Cod pouch. Here we go. Ah, ah. Okay, cod pouch is not. Oh, what a shock. Cod, pa- cod pouch involves studs and a gag.
0: Oh, oh God. Oh, no. You've set me down another mental pathway. And then
1: underneath it. Cod with lemon, garlic and chives recipe, so that's nice. Yeah, I thought when I saw that picture of him in the kind of cropped, severe-shouldered, military-looking jacket with the kilt and mm. the cod piece, I, the mm. cod pouch. <laughs> I did think of you and, and think, oh.
0: If the season existed for no other reason, <laughs> it would still all be worth it.
1: And at number five, while we're in a MasterChef frame of mind, Michael and I discuss the queen of quiet rage, Tessa. Obviously, we lost cool, calm and collected New Zealander Tessa, who, for me, my favourite thing about Tessa was she just felt like she was quietly fuming the whole season. Don't you think?
0: (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I really loved, I really loved when she would say, it's all good. <laughs> it's like it's not good, Tessa. I can see. No. I mean uh, but also she seems delightful. Like I and oh, I yeah. respect it that, that was that was how she never got to those situations. But I, me yeah, too. So, yeah, I've been publicly shamed and told I'm not as good in front of an entire nation. It's all good. It's
1: I all good. I just yeah, and I really relate to swallowing rage. I mean I'm not as good at it as Tessa is, but gee, I just <laughs> imagine that she goes home and just has some yeah. kind of I don't know, effigy of the judges that she whips with something. I just want to think she goes home and unleashes. Maybe she's got a kickboxing basement where she's got bags set up. I don't know, but I hope Tessa has an outlet for her rage, her quiet
0: <laughs> rage. Said, Tessa, look, if you want an outlet, my advice: huge one-woman national tour, which then becomes a TV special, and then that will have gotten rid of some of your rage, not all. But I,
1: I felt immense rage for Tessa because Jock out and out cheated. Let's talk he about gave,
0: that. Okay. All right. This was very controversial. He,
1: so contro. He goes up to Reynolds. who's making a classic Bombalaska in the Bombalaska Olympics with Emilia, who was quietly confident. We'll talk about that too. So anyway, <laughs> old mate Reynolds T1000 from Terminator 2. Turns out not a T1000. Cracks were showing. Nervous. Reynolds sweating. Never seen a man sweat. Never seen a robot sweat. Reynolds sweating. And um, goes up and goes, oh, you're going to put a sponge in there?
0: Yeah, he and he'd forgotten said sponge, critical part. Yeah. He would have gone down, he absolutely down. Oh, hang on, he did go down anyway. He did go in the elimination anyway.
1: Yeah, but... but still, yes. He should have gone harder down. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if the rules, if those rules had have been applied to Tessa, who was not told that capers were missing from her, uh, what's the called, Tartar sauce her tart hair sauce, so yeah. no-one told her about those capers. Jock's like, where are the capers? It's a classic, where are the capers? Your buddy told old mate Reynolds that his classic was missing a classic component. It made me <laughs> mad. <I laughs> no, mean, it's hashtag capersgate. It is capersgate. Fair's fair. You know what? And I don't like capers papers in my tartar sauce. I don't even like tartare sauce. Anyway. You are really team Tessa.
0: I hadn't realised yeah, that you I were was, so on board with her. I
1: liked, well I said to you, the quiet rage. It got me across the line. Every time I'd watch mm. her and I'd kind of write her off and then she'd just, just with steely determination make her way through. But I also loved how super confident Emilia was with going up against Reynolds. With anything she loves else. a classic dish. <laughs> she, and she kept saying, you know, I stick to the rules. I love the classics. You know, I, you don't have to be inventive. She kept using words like these little secret sledges at Reynolds about how, you know, he's self-taught and he just reinvents the rules. And just like, you can't. You can't reinvent a classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're getting to the pointy end of the competition. Just channeling my best Osha Gunsberg, me, nee, Andrew G. of Australian Idol. That's right. Number four. We're getting there. Number four uh, was something that did get nominated many many times over it was the episode in which i showed my somewhat disturbing obsession with the love lives of the wiggles <laughs> episode four run the musical starring my daughter marcella also enjoy Chella has had a front row seat to my obsession with the love lives of the Wiggles. Yes, you heard that right. Okay.
0: I, look, I'm just gathering the fact that for some reason I would have thought that Chella grew up with the Wiggles and she put you onto it. But no, you're introducing her to the love life of the Wiggles? This is, anyway, well, ta- so it's fascinating. Do you Explain. remember watching
1: the Wiggles? No. No, Chella wasn't really a Wiggles girl. So and also it's a whole new lineup of Wiggles. It's a new cast. And so this is why, you know, it's they're young and they're mixing and so Emma is the yellow wiggle, the first lady Wiggle to ever be. And she joined the Wiggles in twenty thirteen. And that was the same time that Lachlan Wiggled, the purple wiggle joined. Now, a couple of weeks later they started dating, right? So into Wiggle dating. First of all, should have mm. been a no-no. They got married in 2016, and then they announced their split in August 2018. Now, first of all, I'm going to keep this chat, and I want to remind my daughter and my best friend to keep this respectful because I'm friends with Lockie the Wiggle, and I'm also friends mm. with Emma the Wiggle. And when I say friends, I mean they've they've both liked my photos on Instagram. Lied to your Instagram story. That's right, and one <coughs> of them even wrote me a song. <laughs> Lucky wrote me a song, didn't he? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that's beautiful. Yeah, and also <clears throat> they're very litigious and want to protect their brand. So we're going to be very respectful. Here we go. <clears throat> oh, my God. I've been waiting to wait. This is so long. Can, first of all, can we please applaud Emma? Can you imagine being in such close proximity to your ex and having to be so relentlessly joyful the entire time, Michael? Can you imagine that?
0: Look, uh, yeah, it certainly gives you a a greater appreciation for her performance skills. I mean, she is a sunny, sunny presence.
1: (laughs) I know. And, like, they play the episodes all out of order on ABC Kids. So what I like to do is I like to try and guess how far down the divorce spiral they are. Are they wearing their wedding rings this episode? Has he put on a little bit of weight? Has he lost a bit of weight? Has he had a haircut? How tightly is she gripping the wheel of the big red car?
0: (laughs) I am just gonna take a moment to say, firstly, it really it's only just registered to me that it's nothing to do with Chella as a child loving the wiggles. It's that M has, in the time of corona, such as her desperation for the love lives of celebrities, she's taken the time to study the wiggles. The wiggles. Some people, when they've got all this free time, I don't know, they're renovating their house. Em's going. She's looking back over which which celebrity love triangles have I missed. Ah, oh, the wiggles! And now, that's where you put it in As you're watching ABC Kids. I hope is Elio at least there with you in he's not at that age. I hope he's not at that age. I mean it's you. You're sitting there with a drink, watching with a gin probably watching ABC Kids while well, thinking who's sleeping with who.
1: Yeah, but it's the this is cello, by the way. I oh, know we sound the same, so we might have to differentiate. This is Cella. It's the only show Elio will watch, so we have to okay. find the entertainment well, that makes where, it where a we bit can. Better. Yeah, and Marcella violently has very, has very strong opinions on certain songs, don't you? I hate them all except play the bass guitar. Oh, what about um, want a leather jacket? No, wa- no. No, no. Because <laughs> the leather jackets, they said red leather jacket, they're all wearing pink leather jackets. <laughs> so <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's the details. So anyway, now, okay, so Lucky and Emma apart. Then Lucky announces that what, Marcella? Oh, he's dating um one of the ballerinas on the show. Mhm. Dana, that's right. They start posting pictures on Instagram together and I'm following Dana. She has a gorgeous little son, she's a single mother. She's an amazing ballerina. She fills in on the wiggles. So more into wiggle dating,
0: Michael. Also, I think you need to say she looks a little bit like She's a brunette. The other one.
1: Yeah, and same big Big smile with the bright white teeth. Yeah, yeah she's saying same and, and hasn't she
0: at times filled in for her on life? Yes. So?
1: Emma went and had um, some surgery for endometriosis and she filled in. Now this is where she's this gone gets. gone so
0: deep. I have gone anyway. so <laughs> deep.
1: <laughs> this is where this gets amazing, right? Okay, so there's an episode um, in Wiggles World where Lockie has to go and visit the king of Curly, is it Curlyland? Curly something. 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 And his new girlfriend, Dana, is called the Curly Bird. And he gets a phone call and it's kind of weird because Lockie's there dancing while his girlfriend's sitting on like a swing dressed up as a bird and she's like his pet. And he does some dancing. Now, let's have a listen to Lockie after he's finished dancing.
0: The Curly Bird has given me a message sent by King Sam of Curly Town. Well, before I read it. And before I go to help, I better check my luxurious locks are in order after such fruity dancing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me of a morning.
1: I love him so much. Fruity dancing. Anyway, the phone call from the king is to tell Lockie that the yellow bird is sad. So Lockie's solution is to take the curly bird to dance for the yellow bird to cheer her up. Can you grasp? (laughs) (laughs) So, so... Lucky's taking his new girlfriend to see his ex-wife so that they can dance together so that they feel better. I mean, you couldn't write this in some kind of friggin' soap. <laughs> it's wild, Michael. Wow. We've recently found out. This is Chella. Also, that Emma is now dating the fairy-winged banjo player Oliver, who is also on the wiggles. Who oh also? Oh my god! It gets better. Who also plays in a folk rock band, The Unusual Commoners, alongside Anthony the Blue Wiggle, and guess what? Lockie the Purple Wiggle. Hang on,
0: what? So he's in a band I with her this. ex? Yes. He's in a band with her ex? Yes. Whoa! Well, I was going to say we've gone from a love triangle to a love quadrangle, but now we're a love <laughs> quin five sided thing.
1: Top three. We're at the top three. I mean, I don't think it's going to be hard for you guys to know what our three favourite topics are. I mean, what is left? You know. But what order are we placing them in? Coming in at number three is our obsession with the Chief Health Medical Officer, Brett Sutton. Oh, my goodness. In episode 39, Hello, Professor, Michael and I finally admit that the silver lining in this pandemic has been, for us, the silver fox. Brett Sutton. Hashtag sluts for suts.
0: There's obviously fan pages on Facebook. Oh,
1: I've just joined one and it's just entitled Brett Sutton is hot, capital letters. I love it. It doesn't beat around the bush. (laughs) It tells you exactly what you're going to get in this Facebook group. But obviously, I mean, and you texted to me this morning and I 100% agree with you. We now have a complicated relationship with Dan. Uh, Whoever saw
0: it coming, it was unshakable. It was absolutely unshakable for so long. Uncle Dan.
1: Yeah, and poor Dan, we don't know, it's it's weird with him now, so we've had to shift our thirst Mm. to someone who, you know, is, is not the face of the political party fronting the fight against COVID. So... And I also, he's kind of like, oh, God, I went and did a bunch of research on him. And oh, me too.
0: What is your research? What stood out to you? I mean, obviously, we've got the old picture of him when he looked like Michael oh Hutchins. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, my God. When he was in Zanzibar. When he was in yeah,
0: I mean, Oh, that's it. Yeah. 100%. The stints the, the, he's taken in Afghanistan and Ethiopia. In all honesty, and I joked about this on Twitter. If I was writing a love interest for Offspring, oh. I would develop a character like Brett And
1: O.P. Family
0: tragedy early, lost his father young.
1: Lost his father at nine to a stroke at home and that's what made him realise he wanted to go into the medical profession. He's worked through pandemics. He's, oh, yeah. He's worked through famine. He's seen, and, he, and you know what else? He loves his job. Loves he it. Genuinely, he says, I really want to continue here because there's so much more. Once we get through this, there's a bunch of other research that needs to happen and I genuinely love (gasps)
0: <gasps> oh, and there's oh. also, like, signature moments on social media, like when Sam Newman was going on about, like, golf and everything like that and how he needed to do it. And I loved it. He just came out and he goes, my take on golf, you can't do it. There are four reasons to leave home. These are the reasons. Golf isn't one of them. Don't do it. And it was like, oh. Also, I loved that his assistant, Annalise Van Diemen, see, I've even, I've even got the supporting characters going. <laughs> Remember, she had the controversial tweet about um, Captain Cook. Yes. And was under all this Explain pressure. Explain it.
1: Explain the tweet. She said that covid oh, arrived Every other...
0: Yeah, COVID. She compared the pandemic to the arrival of white people in Australia, which is actually pretty fair because we did bring a whole lot of diseases that wiped out. So, in some ways, what we're experiencing now, this notion of a disease for which we have no immunity, is what Indigenous people experienced when we came. But anyway, it was a firestorm and highly likely that she might not have made it through that unless the Chief Medical Officer was so steadfast and such a legend. And also for me, like obviously I have a bit of a jock's on thriller-shaped hole in my life right now. (laughs) There's a space (laughs) for the silver fox in the suit to come in and Brett Sutton very admirably (laughs) fulfils that. Those shoes or that vest, should I say?
1: Even when the pandemic's over and we don't need the daily presses, I still demand the daily presses. Mm. Like, I I don't know, we need Daily Sutton in our life. And also, you drew my attention this morning to a Twitter account, the 120 Days of Sutton, the erotic fiction Victorians need about Professor Brett Sutton, and it is crazy. God. Are you sure you're not writing <laughs> I, these tweets? I
0: promise you. Because it's
1: not only them. this Twitter account, the 120 Days of, of Sutton, only has 19 followers so far, and you are a very early adopter. <laughs> are you
0: sure? Are you sure? I swear. I swear on my grave. <laughs> You'll never know. No, I, I totally swear. I wish I'd thought of it. I wish oh I thought of God. it. I could write it because it's a really good... Pre- it's, it's obviously it's been on Fifty Shades of Grey.
1: It's so good. Like, I don't even know... I don't even know which tweet to read. Um... You slip your begrudgingly applied mask down to your chin and sip the coffee handed to you by Professor Sutton's personal driver as Brett slams the car door (laughs) of the passenger side. Don't you go anywhere, he growls, pointing an accusing finger at you for
0: emphasis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I hope you're enjoying the top ten moments of the last 50 episodes of the Emsolation podcast. You should be because you picked them. Number two is the episode entitled Free Britney. Yes, one, Britney Jean Spears. Remember the time that I was convinced that she spelled out call 911 with her eyelashes? I still stand by that. You guys certainly remembered. It was one of your favourite moments.
0: I've looked at the pictures. I mean, if you think yes, that Britney I do. Spears I do. is somehow intricately yes. styling her <laughs> eyelashes yes, she is. so that on a certain angle they say, call 911, yes. then you're capable of believing some pretty big logic leaps in my book. No.
1: Room. I mean, I, we got tagged in this. There's a ho- The Free Britney movement, which has been around for quite some time, has reared up again. And um, I, we got tagged numerous times. Our brand alignment is complete now. When people see Britney, they think M Salation, M and Michael, which is fantastic. <laughs> but I did go and I did another deep dive on the whole Free Britney thing. And um, let's review the facts. She was a <laughs> child star. Shut up. Look, I, just, there,
0: I, I should just say that there are, in terms of the Free Britney movement, there's clearly a lot of this that is based in fact. Clearly, fact. clearly there fact. is.
1: You shouldn't, like, absolutely.
0: I'll like, just interject when there's something that I'm finding a bit, Suspect. Okay, fine. Okay. So
1: let's look at let's look at some of the titles and of her and lyrics of her most famous songs: "Overprotected," "Huh," "My Prerogative," Peace of Me," and she's usually in a cage or in chains or has got a snake around her neck. I think the snake represents her father, Jamie.
0: Okay, suspect already, already suspect because oh. I, I do not think Britney writes that many of her songs. She does. I, she I know she writes.
1: She has a co-write <laughs> diary. Of those.
0: Back How in the day, the worst How song do on the original. You? How do you? I'm not saying that she doesn't have artistic ability, but I do think that they paid top dollar for her songs. Mm-mm, mm-mm, and if I was pitching a song for mm-mm. Britney Spears to sing, I would probably pitch something that is about, you know, someone, a, a young girl. Because the whole thing is she was a child star that became this sex symbol She's and everything
1: devastated. like that. Devastated. They, they changed everything. So we've done it. We're there. We're at number one. And I know it's no surprise to you that it is Michele Moroni, a.k.a. Massimo from 365 Days. What an episode. The whole thing was dedicated to Michael and I breaking down this extraordinary film, Sex on a Yacht. Enjoy. Are you lost with a girl? It's so hard to pick the... The best part. (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you lost, baby girl? He says that a lot.
0: (laughs) You just need to play that a few times. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Are you lost, baby girl? Are you lost, baby girl?
1: Okay, okay. Calm down. Obviously, I can't. I'm just, there's so much. I'm so overwhelmed by it. We're just going to start. Hi, guys. Um, obviously, Michael's here. We can't control our laughter, and I've just lost my mind because we got up early this morning after the baby headbutt me at 5 o'clock, and I couldn't get back to sleep, so uh, Michael had texted me. Hello, Michael.
0: <laughs> Hello, Em. Happy to have been a service.
1: <laughs> Michael texted me last night and he's like, do you want to talk about that weird sex film on Netflix? And I was like, what? So I got up this morning and I literally Googled weird sex film Netflix. And <laughs> I'm so glad that it came up. Well done, Google. <laughs> it came up like first thing. And we're referring to the movie 365 Dini or 365 Days. And basically, it is this (laughs) Sicilian mafia boss, Massimo Torricelli, uh, kidnaps luxury hotel sales director Laura Beale and holds her hostage at his luxury Sicilian mansion.
0: It's kind of, it's like a full-on castle, it looks like. There's a turret and stuff like that.
1: And gives her one year to fall in love with him. And and if she doesn't, she's free to go. And if she does, great. Um, And basically he became obsessed with her when, He nearly died and her face flashed before his eyes. I just want to preface this, all with the whole concept
0: is problematic, obviously. Terrible. (laughs) It's absolutely terrible. Kidnapping someone. What? (laughs) What? Stockholm syndrome leading to love. It's just... Yeah,
1: everything I I need everyone to know, wrong. And if there's any men out there thinking this is what women want, no. I mean, unless you look like Massimo and like, (laughs) even then... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> we just have to do a blanket. Not only yeah. is this probably one of the worst films you can find on Netflix, and that's yeah. saying something, yeah. we also yeah. know it is so morally objectionable. It's <laughs>
1: abhorrent. It's not yeah. okay, okay? And I also feel like if if you looked like Massimo, this guy, this Michele Marone, this actor who I'm
0: obsessed with, he's <laughs> like so him. obsessed you just keep slipping into this Florid accent every time you say his name. I
1: love him so much. I've just been watching YouTube after YouTube. He's a singer. He sings this hot, the top title track to the film he's like although I thought he was 45 but sure 29 and no he doesn't yeah, look 45 he too. does he looks quite old he does I think he looks
0: older than 29 anyway it's that's all the like, working out he works out a lot so much, okay, working that out.
1: much oh yes but I just think I feel like if Massimo had have politely approached Laura and said hey mate do you want to go on a date She probably would have ditched the meathead, bald, awful (laughs) boyfriend she was with and just voluntarily gone. I just feel like Maslimo went from zero to kidnap very quickly. It was
0: unclear why that had to be his strategy (laughs) going forward.
1: Like, I'm just like, give her a chance to just say yes and maybe go on a nice date. I just don't understand. Where's your confidence, mate? Do you have that little confidence in yourself? You're the head of a mafia
0: family. There are scenes that suggest he does have some confidence in himself. <laughs> are you talking about on the private jet? Oh, there's a plethora. He, he, he In many different settings.
1: But, I mean, I don't wish you to think that Massimo's all bad because he does torture and kill someone in the other part of his mansion who's trafficking children. So I don't, I don't wish He's you to think. He's an avenging angel. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I think, right? So the first sex scene takes place with her vibrator, which is a real letdown. <laughs> So she gets home from this terrible board meeting where someone actually says to her, you'll need balls to do this job. And then she's like, yeah, well, I've booked a hotel out, bitch. Come at me. I've got big balls. And then she goes home and she wants to like hook up with her big, beefy, meathead, horrible boyfriend. And he's like, no, no, no. Oh, by the way, she also has a heart problem. That's important. She faints a lot.
0: (laughs) The vibrator, no, that's an essential part of the storytelling because it's got to establish that she's not satisfied, that they do it vividly.
1: I I just feel like anyone who's ever used a vibrator, I'm sure many of our listeners have, that's not how it goes. The way (laughs) we're not in sexy bras, we're not like writhing on the bed in silk sheets with our beautifully pointed, perfectly shaved legs. Especially not in lockdown. That is not, that is an unrealistic <laughs> portrayal of woman v. vibrator. I just want to put that straight out there. <laughs> finally, we go, we've gone a min, a one hour and six minutes with no sex except for the vibrator. And finally, the payoff happens <laughs> and it involves a yacht, a drone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. You said to me, make sure you watch the boat sex. And
0: that's what it's all about. I uh, must admit, I was doing a little bit of a flipping on the timeline. And do you have a time code, M, for the boat? Just yeah, to help
1: one, out? 1 07, one hour um, and seven minutes, we get drone yacht sex. And the drone yacht
0: sex, my God. <laughs> Well, I think what's what's incredible about it is part of it is drone. So we go the very high angle floating over them having sex on the boat, but then we also get the camera up there and in in the whole action in a way that I would love to see behind the scenes. Because that cameraman honestly practically would have been penetrated himself or herself. He was it, it's you really get a hell of a lot of angles. And it is it's just it's it's a very, very Active, limber sex scene. Shall we say? Yeah. There's a lot of flipping. Yeah,
1: and then like so much sex, so much angles and and and, and moving and and flexible bending, and then different positions. And then they're, they're literally like, I was thinking things like, what about the captain? What
0: about the person driving the yacht? <laughs> and also, doesn't isn't it implied? Doesn't he say something like, "We only slept twenty oh, hours in yeah, the one implication hour. is yeah. They've gone a full twenty three hours." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, non stops so
1: <laughs> That he dives into the ocean to clear off all the bodily fluids, and he comes out and he gives her a kiss because she's asleep, very mm. like on the deck. And the first thing I thought of as a mother who's breastfed three children is the way she lies back nude; her boobs just stay where they are. They don't scurry under her armpits. Like I was just <laughs> so jealous how how her boobs just stayed there. And then he says to her, "I have a surprise for you." And she's like, "Oh, and like more." And then, um, and then he says, "Yes, we're going to a ball." And, he, and she's like, "But I have nothing to wear." She's totally forgotten. She's been kidnapped by now, guys. And then two gays appear in loud floral suits, and we've got another montage. <laughs> Chelsea Sila Sila asked me if 365 DNI the Musical" existed. Can you give us a taste of what the hit song would be?
0: Oh yeah, Cam.
1: Sex on a yacht, sex on a yacht We're going to have sex on a yacht There'll be a drone, baby, let's bone We're going to have sex on a yacht
0: (laughs) It's a bit of a Shirley Bassey tone that's coming into your voice, which I appreciate Um, And
1: then there'll be a ballad Um, Are you lost, baby girl? I'm totally gonna kidnap you Don't be sad, baby girl My Italian castle has the best views You've got it here to love me If you don't, I'll let you go Don't bother trying to flee I've got henchmen surrounding the chateau
0: You did manage a rhyme at the end. I mean, you're a veritable Lin-Manuel. Well done. (laughs) Can't wait for that to hit me broadway
1: 100% watch 365 dni the musical like that for me is a no-brainer win well that's it we hope you enjoyed the top 10 moments of the last 50 episodes of emsalation thank you very much for taking part in uh helping us put it together what a ride it's been i'm really hoping you know 365 days the sequel comes out in the next few weeks i need something (laughs) Do you think they're out there filming? Although I feel like a lot of the stuff involved would be not COVID safe filming. A lot of bodily fluids involved. You know what I mean? Thank you very much to Matt Curry, my editor, for putting together this episode. I want to thank Michael Lucas. Of course, I want to thank Michael Liberale, who's our producer, and all of you guys for bothering to listen. Scott will return one day when we're out of lockdown and we don't have nine children at home who need attention. But until then, it'll just be Michael and I. And sometimes Scott isn't here because we've had an argument. And sometimes Scott isn't here because he's with the baby. And this is not where I thought the end of this episode would go. Thank you very much for listening. Happy 50, guys. Talk soon. Bye.